Welcome to the Bounce podcast series, hosted by me, Dr. Catherine Munn. This series is inspired by the original Bounce project at University of Victoria, created by Rebecca Gagan. In our series, McMaster faculty and alumni share stories which could easily have remained untold or secret. These are stories of loss, grief, rejection, relationship difficulties, mental health problems, and more, based on experiences our guests have had when they were students. This podcast series has been developed by our Bounce team, made up of students, staff, and faculty at McMaster, with a grant from the McMaster Okanagan Special Project Fund. The Bounce team are inspired and informed by our own experiences as students and conversations we have had with students, and we are passionate about promoting more open discussion of failure and struggle at McMaster. We envision that Bounce at McMaster can help us to build resilience, individually and collectively, by increasing mutual understanding and creating connections through the sharing of stories. Learn more about the project, our team, and our guests by checking out our website. So hello, um, I am here today with Dr. Jennifer Heiss, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself, but we're going to be having a conversation for the next little bit uh, to, to talk about uh, her experiences uh, as a student uh, that have led her to where she is today uh, as a faculty member at McMaster in, in science. And I'm really looking forward to talking with you today, uh, Dr. Heiss, and, and welcome to Bounce. Thank you. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So um, I am a Canada Research Chair in Brain Health and Aging, an Associate Professor in the Department of Kinesiology at McMaster University and Director of the NeuroFit Lab. Wonderful. Um, so, so good to, um, to talk to you. And, and really with Bounce, what we're really digging into is, is understanding and talking to faculty and alumni about some of their experiences and challenges, uh, perhaps when they were students, and and really to to talk about and tell those stories as a way of of connecting to students and connecting to one another, uh, as we can all encounter these kind of difficulties in our lives and and how we get through them and who helps us through them and how we make it through are often stories that don't get told. So we're really hoping to uh, to hear a bit about your your journey as a student. Um, not so long ago, and <laughs> uh, and where it's carried you. So I'm not sure where you're comfortable to start, but if you want to maybe talk a little bit about, um, yeah, some of your experiences as a student. Sure, and I guess I'll preface this by saying it has not always been easy for me to talk to people about it, and uh, for a long time this remained a secret for me, and it's just really been recently um in writing a book about exercise and mental health that i've been comfortable to share the ideas that i'm going to talk about today so i mean that it's such a personal thing and it it feels really raw and vulnerable when you talk about it and so um yeah if if uh, if you're if you're someone struggling it can be hard to talk about it and it, it does take a lot of courage to to, to say it to somebody. So um, I just wanted to preface it by the saying that, that um, I'll, I'll speak today and I, I, I am comfortable speaking about it, but it did take me a lot of, a long time to get to that place. And, um, and I think that that's a pretty normal experience. 
Yes, and I think thank you for 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 saying that. I think I think often these stories are are actually secrets for lots of people that they've kept to themselves for lots of different reasons for a long time before before getting to a place where it feels okay to share them, if ever. Some mm-hmm. some of you know some parts of of the stories and some some stories will not be told, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it's so powerful to hear someone else's story and to kind of learn from and, and from that in our own in our own journeys. So thank you for sharing what you're <laughs> Well, hopefully it will be helpful for those listening. Anyway, my uh, my my mental health issues really kind of came to a peak in graduate school. And um, up until that point, I was, I think I was doing okay. You know, I was a strong student. I was, I graduated top of my class, got into the graduate program I wanted to. Everything was going very well. And then all of a sudden, I started getting these really strange thoughts and this anxiety around these strange thoughts. And um, I had no idea what was going on. But it was clear that something was not right in my brain. And uh, uh, I had studied psychology up until that point. But honestly, I had totally avoided abnormal psychology because I tend to be a bit of a hypochondriac. (laughs) And I was worried that if I would learn about mental illness, I would think I'd have it. And (laughs) I would, uh, you know, worry myself. (laughs) and it turned out you know that information probably would have been useful to help me contextualize what I was personally experiencing so can you can you speak a little bit about what what if you're comfortable to speak about what some of those thoughts were like and what what made them so frightening and 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 kind of sudden and frightening well um so I generally, I, I'm a very kind and connected person. I'll, I'll preface it by saying that. Mm-hmm. And I, I care deeply about others. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the thoughts were extremely distressing because they were exactly the opposite to that. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like there was sort of a, almost like a monster in my head saying these things. Um, and it would be strange things like, you know, oh, you better not like I'm, I'm talking strange. <laughs> like I would be having a conversation with the professor who would be my graduate professor and I'd be holding my water bottle in my hand and the voice in my head would say something like, you better not hit that person in the face with the water bottle. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I would have never done anything like that, for example. Yeah. Um, or you're in the middle of class and, uh, it's like, oh, you better not say something profane or swear out loud in the middle of class. And, you know, where did this thought come from? And was I actually going to do that? No, but why was I thinking that? And then, then the problem was that at the time I didn't realize that you don't have to believe all the thoughts in your head and I think that's like an important message that sometimes there's random faulty connections in the brain that 
generate thoughts that may not have meaning, mm-hmm. but the brain has this want to make a story about things. And so it creates this story. And this story for these thoughts was you're losing your mind. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're going to hurt people. And then the reaction is, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I better, I better avoid people or, um, or why, why would I even think about hurting? You know, so it was extremely mm-hmm. distressing as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I was so embarrassed. I was, I'll have to, I was so okay. embarrassed. I knew something was wrong, but I was extremely embarrassed. Um, I went, I made an appointment with the school psychiatrist and uh, I was even too embarrassed to tell him uh, what was going on. So I just told him, you know, I'm feeling anxious. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't feel right. I feel stressed out. I'm, uh, I've got anxious thoughts. And so uh, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the, the full information. And so he, he offered me, you know, it, turned out to be somewhat of a misdiagnosis. So I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, which, you know, I think I probably have, but that wasn't causing the strange thoughts. And so the the prescription was an antidepressant and group therapy to talk about my anxiety with my peers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So you terrifying. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and it, it just, just so I can back up for a second. So when you, so these thoughts were obviously very frightening and very strange to you because they weren't aligned with who you are as a person. They didn't really make sense. You had no hooks to hang them on. You'd never heard of anyone having those kinds of thoughts before. And so how frightening that is to have that kind of experience, but not feel comfortable to actually tell people what's going on with you because of the nature of them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was extremely isolating. Like I didn't tell. I couldn't tell. I, I felt so ashamed to tell my family. I, they never knew. They didn't know until they started reading the excerpts of my book like last year. I, okay. was, I didn't tell any of my friends. I didn't tell So the person friends. you told first was the psychiatrist, but you, well, the first thing you, you thought you might tell first was, was the psychiatrist, but ultimately you didn't feel comfortable to, to share that with him. No, it was then. And I think that, I mean, later I did connect with a, another psychiatrist um, who I felt more comfortable with, uh, mm-hmm. and told her the full, the full extent. Mm-hmm. But uh, that took years for me to get there. So it took, I think, probably five years uh, to the point where uh, the thoughts were just uh, debilitating and um, really interfering with the way I wanted to live my life. Um, that I, I felt like I had no other choice but to really like come clean and and get, get the help I needed. So in the meantime, so, I mean, that's a long time to actually get to the point of getting the right diagnosis, but in the meantime, what did you figure out to do, like to help yourself or to, to cope with those thoughts if it wasn't, if it, if it weren't professional help? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't want to take um, the medication personally. It just, I, so I, I, I did try the group therapy and that was a disaster because I was sitting around this classroom with some people that I actually knew because they were 
peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about, you know, stress of anxiety, you know, around tests and getting into medical school. Yeah. <laughs> and there I was thinking, I've got these really, really strange thoughts in my head that are mm-hmm. causing extreme distress. Like, I mean, your, your stress seems a little bit normal. Can we trade? But, you know, obviously not telling anybody about what was really going on. Mm-hmm. So then I, again, in that moment, it was another sort of lie almost, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm stressed about, I'm here because I'm anxious about school. But that really wasn't it. You know, I was doing well in school still. And I think that's another important point to disentangle that, you know, mental illness doesn't necessarily compromise all of your mental functioning. You can still be extremely uh, productive and efficient and intelligent and, uh, you know, a, a major contributor to all things brain when maybe your mental health isn't 100%. So uh, after uh, kind of those failed attempts, I, I just sort of was a trial and error. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that really helped me was um, graduate school can be all-consuming. And so I would really just, I poured myself into my studies and um, I found that when I could focus my mind Mm-hmm. intensely on something like academics and um you know dissecting a difficult problem i didn't have the strange thoughts mm-hmm. so it was like a way of like uh, distracting myself mm-hmm. another thing that wasn't very helpful was uh, i when i was forced to socialize i would drink a bit too much and um soon that became a problem for me i didn't like the way I felt, the way I felt the next day. And so it wasn't, it would often make my feelings worse. You know, So it wasn't, I could tell it wasn't helping. And then um, I started thinking about, you know, okay, I need a new approach. Um, my friend lent me his old, his, it was his brother's old road bike. And it, I'm telling you, it was like 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this cycling a try and so I I um, wasn't really active or fit then because all I was doing was work you know studying and work (laughs) I wasn't really that active yeah and so this uh this 10 kilometer bike ride up the uh, Hamilton escarpment (laughs) was challenging and I got to the top like completely out of breath and uh, but my thoughts uh my mind was quiet and um, Ah. It was something that I found. It just, it was quiet. Every time I rode the bike, it was quiet. My mind was quiet. There were no thoughts. And then um, I kept riding and the thoughts, you know, kept, they were still and quiet and the the quiet started following me off the bike. And so, and it started entering my life. And then uh, my fitness improved and I, I, started running a little bit that took a long time to learn how to do and um and it really has been exercise that 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 helped heal my mind I think um yes so it sounds like I mean you 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 were trying on all sorts of things for size and to see if they actually help with these with the thoughts that you were having mm-hmm. and you were trying on you tried on you tried a psychiatrist you tried mm-hmm. the therapy you tried um 
you tried drinking, you tried um, throwing yourself into work, and then you tried, I guess, cycling and exercise. And, and for you, there was something about that that actually was able to quiet those, maybe even stop those thoughts for a period of time. Hey, Yeah, it was amazing. And it was sort of like this like peace that I hadn't experienced for years. And, and uh, it, it, it would be, it was such solace for me mm-hmm. uh, to be calm and not be doing anything, you know, like to yeah. <laughs> just relax, calm. Yes. And uh, I can't so tell it you took you that. on a, sounds like that took you on a journey into all sorts of different kinds of exercise, like with. Right. Yeah. So then, and it also took me on a shift in my professional life too. So at the time I was in grad school, um, in psychology and neuroscience, and I was studying how the brain represents who we are. You know, it was really very fundamental research on how the brain represents people and mm-hmm. what we know and memories. And uh, the exercise, the impact that exercise was having on my own brain was, I was just so fascinated that I, uh, I started researching it. I started reading about it and, um, I incorporated it into my research. So at first it was looking at how exercise helps with the aging brain, promote aging. But um, since then, my lab, which I started in 2013, uh, it focused exclusively on exercise in the brain, not just with aging brain, but also with uh, mental health, anxiety, depression, and uh, we haven't quite got into OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is what turns out to be uh, my proper diagnosis. That, um, mm-hmm. But in my latest research from my book, I, I have learned that my personal experience is, is something generally felt that especially people with OCD, uh, well, anxiety and depression, all, all mood disorders can really benefit from uh, being physically active. Mm-hmm. Can, can you sort of, I mean, obviously from the place you were many, many years ago to, to now, you know, your ability to talk about these things has, has really, uh, obviously it's changed so profoundly going from not being able to tell anyone to, to now writing a book about your experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and so I guess I wonder what, what, what helped you down that to get to that place down down that path to be able to speak so openly about about your experiences I guess I you know there's there's been a lot of courageous people sharing their stories and I think it helped me see that it was okay you know there's there's several celebrities lots of athletes talking about their issues you know putting it all on the table not just our successes and the things we celebrate publicly but also like you know the warts and all everything out there because after all i mean i am a successful professor you know and the students are looking at me and they see oh she's got it all together but i mean in the end we're all human beings and we all have this brain in our head that doesn't always work that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at times it really doesn't work at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think 
um, sharing stories. And this is why I love this project is that um, I think, you know, if you can recognize some aspect of yourself in someone else's struggle, it shows you you're not alone. And that, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen by talking about it, that people will really see who you are and you'll be able to connect with them on a deeper level? That sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, 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 it, it took a while to get there, but now it just be, it sounds like it feels really freeing to be able to share your full self with, with, with more people. It's freeing and it's still scary. Terrifying at the same I time. I mean, it is. Um, but partly I have it. It's like all out there in the books. <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, I, I can't, in a way it's good because I, I have, I can't hide behind anything anymore, even though often I'll want to, mm-hmm. you know, put on the sunglasses and pretend like everything's okay. But um, I mean, it, it's, I think it's important that, I, you know, I'm very comfortable with myself. I'm very proud of my, myself and where I am in my life. And I think that's also another important piece is that I'm out of the weed. I feel like I'm out of the weeds. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm still in them, especially now with the pandemic. Um, the social isolation is really hard for me. Um, I found, I think now the thoughts aren't there because I've figured out how to control them with not just exercise, but with like cognitive behavioral therapy as well. Yeah. But yeah, one thing I um, especially find now is the, the anxiety, like just the generalized anxiety or even the anxiety sensitivity is really high in me right now. So for example, even when I'm running, or out for a jog, if I'm running too hard, and then thinking about something really negative, they combine, my stress response shoots up, and it's like panic city. So um, I just know I have to just then ease off on the intensity, and just take a walk you know <laughs> you, you yeah run today <laughs> you've you've learned how to really listen to your mind and listen to your body as a clue to tell you where you're at and and to respect that it sounds That's like right. yeah. um can you like sort of thinking back to where you were as a, as a student are, are there things that would have been helpful for you to hear when you really were in that place of suffering and keeping things secret and not feeling able to share them or are there are there things that would have helped you to hear in those moments or is there anything I mean almost that you'd want to say to your yourself at that time um that could be could help yeah it's uh it's a good question I I mean it's difficult um I don't know you know, because mental illness is so personal, right? And it's hard. Sometimes it feels like it's hard for anyone to understand the extent to which you're going through mm-hmm. or or even be able to reach you at because it's so painful, you know? So what would it have been? What would it have been helpful maybe to hear then back then? 
or to that, know what you know now? That I guess, you know, this isn't, it's not always going to be like this. It doesn't always have to be this painful. You're not alone. Even if your experience, if you don't see your own experience and other people's experiences, it, it's probably reflected there somewhere. I, mm-hmm. I, it, it was hard for me, especially because OCD is not, you know, it's not the, one of those things that people talk about. You know, they, they talk about depression. They talk about anxiety sort of colloquially now. Mm-hmm. Um, but OCD and strange thoughts was not one of those things. <laughs> and yeah. so for me, it was like, even if someone had come out and said, you know, I suffer from depression, I suffer from anxiety, which they were starting to do at that time. It, it didn't, it, it didn't help me personally because I felt so different. And I think um, it's, yeah, it's. Yes. You, you didn't have, you, you, you didn't connect with, other people because they probably also aren't often sharing these kind of strange thoughts and OCD is something that often people keep secret and keep to themselves. And so you didn't have other people that were kind of mirroring or sharing in, in your experiences, which made it a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess if I, if I had seen somebody who, you know, who I respected and, you know, Mm -hmm. was really accomplished to share that they struggle in the same way. Holy cow, that would have been like, yes. I, th- I think I would have saw that and be like, okay, it's gonna be okay for me. Like, yes, I'm gonna be able to get through this and still have all my dreams come true that I want and, mm-hmm. uh, and not have to compromise because I'm feeling compromised right now. Which is really, you know, I guess what, what you're doing today is actually <laughs> for, for, other, for other people is to talk about these experiences so that, that students and others can, can know that things like this can, can happen and they may be different to this, but, but strange and unfamiliar and, and that that's okay and that you can find your way through those. Yeah. Um, and, and I think... I do wonder whether you want to speak a little bit about uh, your book, just to tell us um, what that's about, when that's coming coming out, um, so we could hopefully read it or hear yeah. more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Okay. So it's called. I have a copy here. I printed it out. It's uh, it's called "Move the Body, Heal the Mind," and um, the book is about research like it's a research focused book but it does capture my own personal story as well and so it it came at a very difficult time the book starts at an extremely difficult transition in my own personal life um the and i decided that at that time i needed a new focus and my focus was triathlon and so i had never done a triathlon before but you know, I thought it would be a good thing to focus my mind on because I do tend to need something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the book the book uh, follows my journey from this sort of sedentary scholar to uh, triathlete, um, and uh, along the way, I discover the unique 
benefits of exercise on my own brain. So it talks about anxiety, that's sort of the fear, anxiety, and the, the psychological pain, and how we can use exercise to help reduce those feelings, soothe anxiety. It talks about depression and the link between mental health and physical health. Um, I get into addiction, a little bit on addiction, um, the aging brain, sleep, which is a big one, and then um, sort of celebrating the benefits of exercise on the brain with focus and creativity. So it ends really positively on perseverance and sticking with it. I bring in stories of inspiring people like Terry Fox, for example. Uh, and uh, I end it with him. And I, I just, it's, it's, it was a, such an incredible journey. I really, um, it's extremely well-researched mm-hmm. and double-checked by one of my former graduate students. Um, so I, I do hope it's a, a great resource, but it's written in a way that's like a story. So it's a story about me and about other people. Um, I bring the characters and the research to life by giving them names and giving them personalities. So it, it's, um, it's meant to be for everyone, not, not, and not just somebody with a science background. So the, the hope is that it helps and I'm very candid in it. Um, and so by speaking through the book, by writing it out, it has given me a lot of courage to, to communicate it now with you. Um, so that's another, I mean, I guess I'm just hearing another way that you've coped in a way, in a way that you've moved through this is now triathlon and then also writing, writing mm-hmm. about it has also been, sounds like, and researching, but also writing mm-hmm. has been a, been part of that process too, it sounds like. Oh yeah. And I can't tell you how many tears I shed writing this book. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> because you, uh, there's something so cathartic about writing. You go back in the past and like experience it relive it and it in a way you see yourself you know your past self and all of your suffering and it's right there and you relive it and you're just like you like almost it's a way of soothing your own self and reminding yourself it's okay and you're like your own therapist (laughs) well i'm 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 inspired and um it's so excited to read your book when it comes out. When when will it come out? It'll come out uh, March of 2022. So, okay. so um, a year a year or so away. I wish it was coming out sooner, uh, but uh, yeah. Well, I know that I'm sure that will be so helpful to other people as as this conversation has been uh, to me and to uh, hopefully a, a large audience. And uh, I w- want to just thank you so much for, for sharing your experiences or some of your experiences today and um, greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay, take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Bounce podcast. We hope that you have been taken on a bit of a journey by listening to the podcast and hearing the story and perspectives shared. We would love to hear more of your reactions to and reflections on our story if you wish to share them with us at bounce at mcmaster.ca. You can also check out our website, which is linked on the podcast description, and our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you so much.